It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Nowhere else can you hear your Carolina Panthers every single day throughout the weekday. Be sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where after every single Panthers game, including Sunday's matchup against the Ravens, I broadcast live there from our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of those live streams. If you do, that's okay. It's always in the podcast feed wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show there. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, barring Twitter still exists, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. Now, next week is Black Friday. I don't expect to have a show then because you guys should be enjoying your time with your families or fighting over TVs and all the other stuff that you don't really need. So TBD on whether there's a weekly Friday mailbag next Friday on Black Friday following Thanksgiving. But in the meantime, today's episode of Locked On Panthers is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more today. Panthers, Ravens, Sunday, 1 o'clock up in Baltimore. Going to be 37 degrees Fahrenheit. Yikes. Now, it's going to be cold here this weekend in North Carolina also, but not that cold. So, I am definitely happy I will not be up there. Best of luck to the folks up there who are going to be enjoying the game in that weather. I understand that it's probably not that cold to some of you, but for me, a North Carolina boy, that is way too cold. No interest in that at all, but it's football weather, as they say. No, 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 no. Football weather is when it's like mid-70s, slight breeze. That's it. Sunny. Sunny and 75. That's football weather. 37 degrees. Your, your hands are numb. Your toes are numb. You don't want to be touched. You can see your breath. That's not football weather. Might be to some, but down here to me, that ain't football weather. So, you know what? If you enjoy that, go ahead. You're going to enjoy Sunday. 
I'm certainly going to enjoy watching it on my couch and not have to sit there and be cold. So best of luck to the boys once again. All right, let's get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Participate either at me or DM me. I already told y'all on Twitter at Julian Council. Let's start off with Natalie, who I don't think I've ever gotten a question from Natalie. So always happy to have people I haven't heard from before DM me with the weekly Friday mailbag questions. She has a draft theory for 2023 upcoming here in April and wants to know my thoughts currently. We, as in the Carolina Panthers, have a one, two twos, a third round pick, two fours, and a five in 2023. As it stands, we have the third pick overall. I want to know what your thoughts are on regarding trading a two, three, four, and five, maybe next year's, for another first round pick and drafting Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and an elite defensive end like Will Anderson or Miles Murphy from Clemson, depending on who's available. We would then be left with a second and a fourth to fill spots like linebacker and cornerback. I know we probably need a left guard and wide receiver too, but those could come elsewhere to me. That fills the biggest gaps in our offense and defense. I don't hate where your mind is at. Now, left guard, Brady Christensen's done a fine job. The offensive line has been really good so far this year in continuity. As I told you all last year, when they started 13 different combinations, it's very hard to to see any sort of success when you're that banged up. Look at the Los Angeles Rams this year and the kind of issues that they've had. Now, on paper last season, even if the Panthers been healthy, they still would not have been a good unit, but it certainly helps to have health, and the only line combination that they've had other than the original one has been when they've inserted Bradley Bozeman at center when Pat Elfline went on IR with the hip injury. So it's been basically the same five or six guys out there all season long, and that's a positive. So I don't think left guard is necessarily a need. Wide receiver, we can see how that works out. Terrace Marshall started to look really good. Steve Wilkes brought it up on Wednesday. While he didn't have a massive impact in the Falcons game, he did have a very big play late in the second half that helped the Panthers towards victory in that game against Atlanta. So I like where they're at for the most part with DJ and Terrace. Need to see Next seven games, see how that works out, and then we can kind of assess how the new head coach and the new offense coordinator kind of want to implement that new offense. So certainly wide receiver could be a conversation of someone else they need to bring in here in the offseason, maybe via the draft. And corner, as I brought up with Dante, should be back next year. Don't really see much of an out there with that contract, but they're going to need somebody. Past 2023, you can step up and be that guy opposite of J.C. Horn. It does not look like it's going to be C.J. Henderson. We'll see. Maybe Keith Taylor. Not quite sure as of right now. But as far as your overall question, you know, if the Panthers decided, all right, let's get in the first round again. And that's part of what people are saying, oh, the Panthers, they should have taken those two picks from the Rams. Well, that doesn't necessarily help them this year because those aren't until 2024 and 25. And sure, Scott Fitter in on every deal – could have been wheeling and dealing, used those picks to try and move up in this upcoming year's draft, but there's no guarantee that would have worked out. Now, if you can give up the compensation that you currently have, thanks to trading away Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco, then that could be a little bit more of ammunition to actually get something done to move up. Now, that's moving up very high into the draft if you're going to be able to draft a quarterback like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and a defensive end like Will Anderson and Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Because in order to do that, you're going to have to get into the top six. You're going to have your maybe your third, second, first, whatever pick it is to take the quarterback. And then after that, you're going to have to get right back in there to be able to take one of those guys. And I'm not quite sure that a second, third, fourth, and fifth is going to be enough for a team to pass up on a talent like a Will Anderson, especially at Alabama there. So I don't hate where your head is at. The only thing is the Panthers do need to – hold on and value some of the picks that they have 
that they've been able to recoup and that they have their position rather to be able to take a quarterback there in the first round, assuming it's the right guy. And it also be able to fill the needs like at linebacker, maybe getting another corner, getting another getting a linebacker and getting some of these other players that can fill in and help them down the road. And by having those two second round picks and getting it, having a third and those two fours and really the meat of the draft, I think the Panthers are in good position to get a quarterback and it'll also continue to build this roster as they bring in a new regime at head coach next season. So don't hate your thought process, Natalie. I think they're already kind of in a good position where I don't need think they really need to reach unless they really can get it done and they know that's a slam dunk kind of guy. All right, over to Kurt, um, who's asked, first off, thanks for the Wednesday episode about quarterbacks. It was the first time I saw someone publicly say we don't have to draft a quarterback if this decision is a Will Anderson over a Levis or a Hooker type. So my question to you is, my best friend mentioned going after Derek Carr. He's better than Darnold and Baker, but I don't think the fan base can take another retread like that. So would you rather have a car-type quarterback with a Will Anderson or have the Panthers put themselves in a position where they have to draft a quarterback? This, in a way, reminds me of the phone call I got from my dad on Wednesday night asking me, like, hey, why not Carson Wentz? I'm like, all right, well, here, Pops, here's a reason why not Carson Wentz. Um, He's not good. In Philly, had he not torn his ACL the year they won the Super Bowl – he was on his way to being the MVP. Since then, he's not been healthy. We saw it last year in Indy. We saw it so far this year in Washington, where all of a sudden, the Commandos are having success with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. Figure me that, man. That, how crazy is that? The guy who actually helped them win games last year and can be a solid bridge piece is better than the dude who's on his third team and is cited as being a terrible leader in Carson Wentz. Wentz is just not good. And the Panthers have already done that the last two seasons by doing the whole first-round top three reclamation project. Didn't work with Sam Darnold last season. Hasn't so far worked with Baker Mayfield. I think you can probably close the book on that unless magically in the last seven games Baker goes scorched earth and the Panthers make the playoffs. Have a hard time seeing that happen. So why would you do that again? And I've questioned, and not really questioned, I have certainly chastise the process that they have of trying to find a quarterback. And from someone I've talked to close to the team, that seems to be what they're going to continue to do is just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. Now this year they should be in position to take a guy and hopefully it's the right guy. And they really believe in that player, but you are right. And I said this on Wednesday, Bryce Young's the guy I like the most in this draft class. Love Bryce Young. Yes. He's smaller. Yeah. It'd be nice to put on some weight. We'll see how it translates. but that dude is the only reason Bama's winning games. And I know it's crazy to say, if you watch Bama, this Nick Saban Bama team has been a massive disappointment considering we called last year a rebuilding year, and they were very close to being able to drive down the field and tie the game against Georgia. Had Bryce not thrown that pick six to Keely Ringo that finally ended 40 years of, of suffering from the Georgia fans. But that's how close they were last year, and you thought this year they would be even better. Bryce has been good, but he doesn't have the talent around him, and this team has been undisciplined, and they have other issues as well. I like Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud, honestly, I've not watched that much of him this year. I'm going to watch him against Michigan next Friday, next Saturday because, like, basically Ohio State plays nobody, and yet I'm supposed to sit here and think, like, okay, yeah, this is the greatest team in the world. We'll see what C.J. Stroud looks like. I'm cool with it from what I saw last season. Then after that, Will Levis has not improved. I understand that Kentucky losing their offensive line coach 
who passed away. Like, that's been a big issue where they had the big blue wall. Their offensive line has struggled. They've had guys who graduated and all that. They've not been good this year. That has not helped um, Will Levis. He was missing his running back, Chris Rodriguez, for the first couple of games. He has the throws. He has the body. It looks like he can be the guy. But when I watched him play this season, I saw him against Vanderbilt on Saturday. Did not look good. Saw the Tennessee game. I just – I have not been impressed. Like, the most I watched Will Levis this season was the Florida game in week two and thought he was impressive. But throughout the season, he just has not taken those next steps. And I understand he lost Liam Cohen, who was his OC last year, that's now in L.A. with the Rams, and they brought in Rich Gangarello, who was with the 49ers. It just has not looked the same. I know a team's going to fall in love with him. I would not be shocked that Carolina does. But if you're asking me would I rather have Will Anderson or would I rather have uh, Will Levis, I'm going to take Will Anderson because I feel like he's a pretty safe bet. And also that position. Defensive end is a safer bet than a quarterback. And we've gone over it, the 18 class with Baker and Sam, how that's paying out for most of those guys. Rosen worked, Laura's worked out, of course. And he was the last guy taken there in the first round. Of course, Josh Allen took some time, but he's worked out. He struggled the last couple weeks, but he's the guy. And in 2021, Justin Fields starting to emerge. Trevor, eh? Zach Wilson, no. Mac Jones, oh boy. And then what, Davis Mills, want to count him and Trey Lance, we haven't really gotten a chance to see him. So it's not that sure of a bet. I don't know, though, if Derek Carr is the answer, though. I, like, at that point, like, uh, I mean, yes. If you're asking me, like, would I rather have Derek Carr and, like, Will Anderson or would I rather take a chance uh, on Will Levis or Hooker? Yeah, I'm going to take the quarterback who's taking his team to the playoffs and certainly shows that he cares. Now, is he a top-end guy? No. But I think he would be certainly good enough for you to be competitive. I don't know what's all going on in Las Vegas this year. I know that their coach is Josh McDaniels. I know that Josh McDaniels sucked as a head coach in Denver, then left Jim Irsay and the Colts at the altar while he hired a couple staffers, Matt Eberflus included, who's now the head coach in Chicago. And there's some red flags there, and I don't know why he ever got another NFL job. Ain't working so far. So I don't know necessarily all the issues in Las Vegas with Raiders. But, yeah, if you're asking me would I rather have a Carr and Anderson combination – or take a chance on Levis or Hooker, I'm going to take the veteran quarterback and a defensive end who I think can be a stud opposite of Brian Burns. Okay, let me take a quick pause here as I've gotten kind of long and long-winded on those last two questions, and we'll come back here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Getting stuck in Black Friday crowds, super uncomfortable. Shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch, super duper comfortable. When you give your loved ones Tommy John, they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas with over 18 million pairs sold. Giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now and get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. 30% off everything now at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's TommyJohn.com slash Locked on Seaside for details. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
All right, let's get back into it. Weekly Friday mailbag here, Locked On Panthers. At me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Also, click that follow button while you still have the chance to follow me on the Bird app. All right, over to David, who got to listen to an episode a couple days ago, said got to listen. Uh, something you touched on was why do we have to take a quarterback in the draft? Similar to Kurt's question I just answered. Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy G are both free agents this offseason. My question is, why not bring in a seasoned vet who has proven wins to build his team up then find a young quarterback to take a mu- take over a much better built roster? Great question. Geno Smith. Looks like Seattle's probably going to hang on to him. Sounds like Pete Carroll was right. John Snyder, also the general manager. I mocked him, said they were actively lying to themselves. Really, I was saying more about Drew Locke, but... They got it right. Looks like they're going to be a playoff team. We'll see what happens in the final eight weeks of the season. Daniel Jones, Giants are 7-2. and two. Don't know how in love they really are with Daniel Jones, and they think he's the answer. But you go 7-2, probably going to be the quarterback there next season. Jimmy Garoppolo, this team had an or- – this organization rather had an opportunity to bring him in. They weren't interested. Now we'll see if it's someone like D'Amico Ryans. Maybe he's interested in Jimmy G. I don't think that's necessarily the path forward. Now, what Kurt was asking me, would I rather have like a Derek Carr plus Will Anderson over one of these young quarterbacks like Levis or Hooker? Then, yeah, I'll take the veteran and the defensive end. But in this situation, you're talking about, all right, let's bring in a season vet, then find a young quarterback to take over a much better built roster. That's what the Carolina Panthers should have done back in 2020 when they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. That's what the plan should have been. I had no problem with bringing in Teddy. Don't like how they got rid of Cam and how they went about it, but I did not have an issue with bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. At no point did I believe Teddy Bridgewater was going to be the answer. He got off to a good start, looked competent, and he was what we had always seen him to be. They went 5-11, and 11, really four wins when he was out there starting. Teddy was fine. The offense looked the best it's looked the last three years when Teddy was the quarterback, but by no means was Teddy the answer. What they should have done, and, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. but even sitting there and knowing it then was to ride with Teddy, build the overall roster, and then dump a rookie quarterback in there with a small rookie salary scale and be able to pay some of the other guys around him so that you didn't have to worry about having to use a large percentage of your cap on a rookie or on a quarterback, on a veteran quarterback. So, yeah, that's a great idea, David. You should be the Panthers' GM or the owner because that's what they should have done in the first place instead we're going through yet another build, and we've wasted three seasons of David Tepper hired people. So, add a boy, Tepper. All right, over to Forrest now. Um, asking about Baker Mayfield. Uh, he asked me, do you think Baker Mayfield may have more success under Wilkes, given he's a run-first coach? Baker had the most success in Cleveland off a heavy dose of Chubb downhill running and play action. Under Rule, we saw Ben McAdoo trying to have Baker pass way more often, with Rule even saying during a press conference, we want to be a pass-first team. Now with more time with the offense and the running success of Deontay Foreman, could we finally see the quarterback we were expecting to start week one with Mayfield? It's certainly possible. And we, we've gone over ad nauseum all the – issues that have been there with Baker with the batted balls and you know when he came to Carolina and having to go through a quarterback competition whether you believe it was legitimate or not I did not think the Panthers and Matt Rule included was going to go out there and trot out Sam Darnold week one against the Browns it was always going to be Baker I you're gonna have a tough time convincing me otherwise that it was ever going to be really a competition but yes you're correct and Cleveland had a great running game we saw it week one and when they ran all over Carolina and they went off play action that's of course a different offense that Kevin Stefanski runs up there. But I think that would be beneficial to Baker. And it'd be beneficial to any of the guys out there, whether it's Sam or PJ, 
to have a running game like that and to be able to go off of that and have something that complements the defense more than trying to throw the ball around the yard. And that was kind of the bad messaging that Matt Rule had because they talked about having more of a power rushing game by bringing in Bozeman and bringing in Deontay Foreman. But then on short yardage downs, Foreman's not out there. And then Bozeman wasn't the starting center week one and week two and early on before Pat Elfline went down. And now we're seeing that power rushing game and how the passing game didn't work out. So my hope certainly is that with Foreman, if they can run the ball, especially against a salty Ravens defense on Sunday, but if they can do it, that can help Baker be able to ease into the game and not have to be super reliant on his arm, which is just not the smartest thing to do, as we've seen, even in Cleveland. They weren't asking this guy to throw it around the yard and be that guy. What they wanted to do is be a compliment of the offense. Really, that's all we need right now is for someone just to manage the game. And you might not want that. And that, they're none of them are the answer, but that's the best path forward for the Carolina Panthers to win right now is to have someone to manage the game more so than to go out there and try to be the game breaker like a Mahomes or an Allen or some of these top tier quarterbacks because that's just not on the roster right now here in Carolina. All right, Preston. Um, he said, I've always been curious, and I know this is this one's kind of out there, but I've always wondered if you think the NFL could ever do trades the way we see in the NBA, such as multi-team trades. Well, we've seen that in the past. Uh, I know a lot of times you see the salary dumps. The uh, the most recent kind of NBA-style salary dump I saw involved the Texans and the Browns, where the Texans – oh, it's not actually not just the Texans, but the Texans, you know, they sent Brock Osweiler to Cleveland and also were like – doing that also to clear some money and all that kind of stuff or the Browns are willing to take it on because they had a bunch of cap space and they got picks for it similar to what the Rams did when they traded Jared Goff over to Detroit so yeah I mean we've seen multi-team trades a couple times we've seen like a salary dump kind of deal as well um so yeah we've seen that but he also has another question being like about Baker as well if Baker can win this game against the Ravens somehow and just and looks just as good if not better than PJ has do you see him as a starter moving forward unless he reverts back to the way he played at the beginning of the season despite us giving up a fourth round pick keep pounding bro yeah keep rounding to you too Preston make make no mistake Steve Wilkes is trying to win games Steve Wilkes is going to play the guy he thinks can help his team win games can take care of the football and manage the football game He's not looking for the quarterback to do too much. He just wants the quarterback to hand it off, and when they drop back, do not make mistakes. If he thinks Baker Mayfield is that for him, then I think he'll play Baker. Unless Tepper or really it'd be Tepper or Fitterer get involved and say, hey, we can't play Baker. We can't give him that, that pick. The head coach is not concerned about that pick at all. There's probably a decent chance that Steve Wilkes is here next year. There's also a decent chance that he's not here next year, depending on how things play out. There's an even higher chance that he's not here in 2024 during that offseason to even see the Panthers select a player in the fourth round of the 2024 draft. So I'll be pretty, I'm pretty confident that Steve Wilkes does not give a damn about the Panthers' fourth round pick in 2024. It'd have to be the owner who calls in and says, no, 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 no. Get that guy out there because out of there because we cannot be giving up our picks. But the Panthers put themselves in that position in the first place by, you know, not valuing picks in the anyway. So I don't know. Wilkes is gonna do whatever he can to win. And unless the owner calls out and says, nah, then yeah, certainly if Baker plays well, he might stick in there. We'll see. All right, let me take another quick pause here, come back and then answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions on Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer. I heard the World Cup is starting on Sunday. Is that true? And also eSports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
that. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. There are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix on. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, uh, a couple more, then we'll be done here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. Again, at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Click the follow button, at Julian Council on Twitter, while you still have a chance before Elon Musk burns it down to the ground. And I have to say, having been an, being an alum rather of Elon University, um, every time I see Elon Musk's name, it makes me embarrassed to go to the school I went to because it's like, man, we got a really bad uh, Q score out there because of a guy named Elon. Um, but maybe you like Elon Musk. I don't really like care for him all that much it doesn't really matter to me other than like hey dude like what are you doing man but either way at me or dm me on twitter at julian council follow first because i don't really want the bird app to go away but it'd probably be better for all of mankind if it does you know what also be great if the carolina panthers could win games and this was a late edition that i got from someone who dm me of course at julian council and it comes from alec who uh who, who asked you know sorry if it's a little long but do you think this fan base is obsessed with what ifs actions always have reactions and I learned that in science class and that is something people don't seem to get for example last year when people were calling Derek Brown a bust I heard so many people saying we should have drafted Isaiah Simmons instead what they fail to realize is that if we take Isaiah we miss out on Derek Brown and most importantly Jeremy Chin this fields versus horn talk is silly and needs to stop we are thirsting over a running back a quarterback over a shutdown corner what is this fan base smoking well that isn't a, a direct shot at my friend group and what their conversation was that I saw in the chat I believe on Tuesday or whenever I guess it would probably have been Tuesday when I went to uh, read it and then decided on Wednesday's show that I was going to talk about the uh, did the Panthers miss out on Justin Fields conversation that they were having and so Alec coming after my boys throats there which, hey, out of boy, Alec. Yeah, you know, we're always going to wonder, what if? It's natural for humans to do that. I know we're coming up here on Thanksgiving where you're supposed to be thankful for what you have. But when you have a bad football team, you're going to wonder, man, what if we did that instead? What if we didn't make that mistake? Like, what if Matthew Stafford actually came here to Carolina? What if Deshaun Watson didn't do all of that stuff and actually wanted to play here in Carolina? Where would this franchise be? What if they had brought in someone that wasn't Matt Rule? All these what-ifs you can ask. Certainly every fan base can do that, but especially teams that suck like the Panthers, you're going to be asking what-if all the freaking time. So that's the obsession, Alec. The team's bad and people want more, so they're going to wonder what-if. Well, you're right. I mean, the Justin Fields thing, like I said the other day, it's not necessarily did they miss out on the talent. I think it's way too early to say that. Also, like last year was way too early to say Derek Brown was a bust. Like, let's give it at least through three seasons to know whether the guy is not uh, is a bust or not. Like, C.J. Henderson feels like a bust. We didn't draft him, but we did trade for him. At least Scott Fitter did. That's not on me. But give it some time. 
with Fields. But what they're missing and what the fan base is missing is of being able to have that hope that this is the guy, that this guy, after some development, can be the one to lead a parade down Mint Street, down Trade and Try in Uptown Charlotte. But right now you don't have that hope. So that's really what it is with Justin Fields, at least in my opinion. That's how I look at it more so than they actually miss out on him because I don't quite know yet and I'm not comfortable enough saying that at this point in time. Maybe I'm a coward for not doing it, but so be it. I'll be a coward. So, yeah, but people want the team to be better. So, yeah, they're going to ask, what if? That's the obsession, in my opinion. Alec. Okay, Ian, which is my name, except you got to get rid of the J-U-N-L, but the I-A-N is also great. Ian, am I wrong? to be a lot more worried about the coaching decision for next season than anything else. Seeing how well the Giants have done with a poor roster and how poorly the Raiders have done with a lot of talent on the roster has me worried. A good rookie quarterback under the wrong coach is a recipe for disaster. You are absolutely correct. We can go down, was it 95? Is that how you get down to uh, Florida, to Jacksonville? When we saw last year Urban Meyer and his buffoonery and how bad that was for Trevor Lawrence, situation matters. And This is something that's so important to recognize. A situation for a quarterback might be even more important than the actual talent the quarterback has. Now, having talent is, of course, important, but you're not going to have success if you're in a bad situation. I think Mac Jones had the best season last year as a pro bowler because he was in the best situation. Hall of Fame coach, maybe the greatest coach of all time, and a good roster in New England. Not great, but they were good enough to get the playoffs because the door was blown off and that Saturday died against Buffalo on the road. But he was in a good situation. Now we're seeing this year, he just is not good. Um, We look at San Francisco, like Trey Lance would be in a good situation. Problem is he got injured, so we don't know what he's going to look like. Justin Fields does not have a great situation. Didn't have it last year with Matt Nagy. We'll see it's gotten better the way that they've uh, built the offense around him with Luke Getze. But, you know, look, the Giants, Daniel Jones, Charlotte guy. Yeah, he went to Duke, but I want him to have success because, hey, 704 above everything. I don't have a 980 number, so if you have a 980, you're not with me. But Daniel Jones... Now, Brian Dayball, who did a really good job with Josh Allen and came from Bama, things look better. You have a competent coach that can help a young quarterback and having the right system around in the infrastructure. That's great. Like Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, I.E. or Y, whatever, however you want to spell it. He said on the no, I Am An Athlete podcast that Sam's development was effed up in New York. Bad situation. Baker was not in a good situation in Cleveland. And once he was in it, he messed it up by being injured and then like playing through it. And this is a general attitude that landed him here in Carolina in what would be considered a bad situation. And last year for Sam was not a great situation with a bad head coach and an inexperienced offensive coordinator and a terrible offensive line. So the situation you put a quarterback in is so important. And I look at the infrastructure right here. Now I trust Scott Fitterer has not made the greatest of trades, but I think overall his drafting has been fine. And I trust him right now. We'll see, let it play out. I don't trust the owner. And when it comes to that coaching decision, my biggest issue is the owner. I don't trust that guy. I do not trust David Tepper. You listen to the podcast, you know I do not trust this carpetbagging Yankee to get it right. He, he, he got Matt Rule. And while I understood the fire rule thing and that Matt Rule was not the right guy, I had said the long, along the way that, do you really trust David Tepper to get it right the next time around? We've gone over the soccer coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez, that didn't work out. Now, was it all on Tepper? Certainly the guy didn't seem like he was fit for the job at Charlotte FC. Didn't really want to be here. Was not committed. Has his own PR staff. A bunch of interesting stuff. Thought he was Jose Mourinho, but he's not. Whatever. But David Tepper had how much time to vet the coaching candidates? And he picked that guy? Got it wrong. Matt Rule got that wrong. We saw he kept Marty Herney for a year. Why? We've seen all the execs that have come and gone at Tepper Sports and Entertainment. 
He's made so many mistakes. Now, can he do better? Absolutely. There's He's still young in his ownership of the team. He's not going anywhere unless there's a scandal that you guys know about that I don't know of, but he's not going anywhere. So he has to learn and grow. But certainly, I'm yeah, I'm concerned about whether David Tepper can get it right. And Josh McDaniels, Mark Davis, I mean, what? how did you think that was a good decision? Terrible in Denver. What he did in Indy was so unprofessional. I know you can change your have a change of heart and all that kind of stuff, but come on, really? And then to go to Las Vegas, surprise, surprise, the Raiders suck. Of course, Josh McDaniels is the coach. Brandon Marshall went off on him on Showtime's Inside the NFL saying that this guy's not a leader of men. You have to be a leader. And Josh McDaniels clearly isn't a leader. We saw that in Indianapolis when he hired people and he said, actually, you know what? I know you just accepted this job and move your family, but I'm not going there instead. I'm going to stay in New England. Like, that tells you everything you need to know about Josh McDaniels as a leader and as a human being. So, yeah. It, we'll see. Hopefully they get the right guy. I don't know if coaches are looking at this as an attractive job and looking at a coach that was here prior got fired after five weeks when the owner said he wanted to be patient just back in April before the draft. Yeah, that's concerning. All right, Ryder. Um, so he sent this for a Wednesday mailbag, and I did not really get to it, but I'm getting into it now. He says, do you think we should draft a running back in the later rounds of the draft, like third round or ladder, or or later, or try to sign one considering how many good ones there are, or do we keep Foreman because he's been pretty good so far? Yeah, that's one of the questions that really can't be answered until we get a uh, new head coach and see what the kind of scheme they want to run with whoever the OC is going to be. Uh, Foreman, I would not be opposed to bringing him back. Like if Wilkes is the head coach, then yeah, Foreman's going to be back here because that's exactly the kind of back that he wants. If it's someone else, maybe Foreman's here. But I would say it's, I mean, it would probably make more sense to get someone in the third round opposed to paying Foreman whatever he had to pay him. I don't know. We'll see what it, what it looks like um, once we kind of have the answer on the head coaches. Uh, and final question from Nick, who comes from the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, my favorite city. Outside of Charlotte, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on University of Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. in the second round and taking Will Anderson at the top of the draft? As always, keep pounding. Um, Will Anderson loved the idea. Michael Penix Jr. Dude's fun, man. I don't know if y'all watched him back at Indiana. He had a couple ACL issues there. But he's been really awesome killing the Boers offense this season up at Washington Utah. Big win last uh, Saturday night against Oregon, apparently, like, the game of the year, and I was in Winston-Salem watching Carolina and Wake and, like, checking the score being like, damn, I'm missing such a great game right now. And that's quietly become one of my favorite rivalries in college football the last five or six years once it became competitive once again with Washington not getting completely drubbed by Oregon every year. Um, I like him. He's a lefty, which is cool. I, I, I'm, I'm into it. I mean, Tua's doing really well. Uh, and there's been some draft buzz about him. I just I don't know like the thing like with Penix if you or if you're gonna draft in the second round like you already you might as well just go and stick with a guy you already have in the roster in Matt Corral in a way and yeah maybe the NFL would value Penix higher than Corral I don't really know where, how they value him right now just to me like that's one of those deals where it's like all right well you got to come really play him right away and I'm not saying that he can't work out I just to me it just seems like it would make more sense if he just played Corral opposed to, like drafting other guy who's not in the first round like. Get the first round pick. Get the guy who you really think is a top dude, or do what um we were talking about earlier with Natalie. Just trade back up and get a top guy. So I, I don't necessarily dislike it. Like I love the Will Anderson idea. I don't know though if that's exactly the direction I want to go by getting a quarterback in the second round. You do you, you do have two twos, so we'll see. I don't know. But he's someone to look out for. We'll see how they play the rest of the way because who knows? I mean, it's possible. 
if he can creep up there and be like right of a, a fringe first rounder. And if he is, then maybe he's worth a look. We'll see. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Julian Council. Talk Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Be sure again, y'all, to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We'll be live following the Ravens game on Sunday afternoon, so you don't want to miss that. If you do, you can always check out the podcast on your podcast feed wherever you listen to the show. Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where, you know, I tweet about the Panthers games when I want to and other stuff when I want to. And, uh, you know, be nice if you're going to interact. Don't be a, a jerk. Either way, either at me or DM me if you want to participate in the next edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, which should probably be on December 2nd. We should be going into the bye week. That will be the bye week. We'll see. But uh, just at me, DM me, send me a question, and I'll get to them at some point in time. Um, whenever I do a mailbag again. In the meantime, y'all, enjoy your weekend. Be safe, be happy, be whole, stay warm. It's getting cold out there. And as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Sunday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.